Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Straightforward and out with it. Current events, local, world news, and trends. So come out and join me. The Truckers Podcast, Monday morning show, Coffee with You. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody has had a uh, fine weekend, a productive weekend. Here we are, Monday morning. So let's get those thank yous out there to all of our workers, our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses and our paramedics and our police and our fire departments, I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my listeners and my guests and my followers, I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Well, I have to start off this morning here with a thought of the day. Now, back over a year ago, you know, when everything was normal, there was no pandemic. So I think this thought of the day is kind of fitting. Look back and be grateful. Look ahead and be hopeful. Look around and be helpful. Something to keep in mind. I'd like to share that with you. So what's been um, going on for many, 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 many years in uh, decades is homelessness. 
people all over the world experience this. Some set up tent cities, as they would call them. Sleeping in the streets. Shelters overflowing. And this time of year, in this year, with this pandemic, it's even tougher for people who are homeless. Here in the city that I live in, here in London, Ontario, we have sheltered uh, homelessness in motels for those that want to do that. But still in certain areas in the city that I live in, along the riverbanks, people are making shelters for a place to live. And there's always more work to be done. So there's a lot that we can be thankful for, but there's a lot that we can do. And that's by making donations to the homeless shelters, and especially this time of year when they need, when they need coats and they need hats and they need scarves, boots and gloves. It's a great time to go through your stuff and if it's in, still in good condition, you can do, you can donate it. And always, any time of the year is a good idea to, if you can, donate to food banks, if possible. So this gentleman they spoke to and he is from Montreal. He was sorting cans one recent morning outside a tent pitch next to a busy Montreal road by the port of Montreal. Until the COVID-19 pandemic hit, he had been sleeping at a homeless shelter. But when health measures forced the shelter to cut its capacity, he was forced onto the street for the past three months. This isn't his real name, but Alexandre, who refused to give his last name, has called this informal encampment end of the east end of downtown Montreal home. In late November, he was one of more than 40 tents on the thin stretch of grass. And you probably see this where you live. Because it's not like they're in hiding. So far he goes on, it hasn't been too cold. He likes that people are free to come and go, unlike the shelter where he's where he was. It was like a prison. He figures he'll tough it out through the winter. You know, sleeping in a tent in the winter time. 
it was not a good idea for anybody, especially when you're homeless and when you don't have a lot of warm clothing. While ten cities like this are new to Montreal, shelter workers and experts say it's not necessarily a sign that significantly more people in Montreal are homeless. But they all agree that the pandemic has made homelessness more visible and disrupted the way people access both formal and informal services. The informals that you know these people who work for these agencies now are going out to them instead of the people coming in to see them. There have been people who have lost their homes in the places where they were staying as a function of COVID. This is from uh, Samuel Watts, the CEO of Welcome, Welcome Home Mission, which provides a variety of services to Montrealers in precarious situations. How many is that clear? In a statement on Sunday, the acting director of the city's fire safety service said he ordered the encampment be dismantled after a fire broke out at one of the sites a day earlier. You know, this time of year too, the winter coming on too is like that is dangerous. The people making fires to stay warm. This is what happens. But where are they to go? You know, you dismantle these encampments. Where are they to go? And then the mayor of Montreal said the fire is not only worrying, but it could have been tragic and led to death. Yes, it could. It's like a house fire. But what are these people supposed to do? Where are they supposed to go? As a municipality administration, we have a responsibility to guarantee the safety of our fellow citizens. We will therefore do what is necessary to accommodate the campers in a safe place right now, said in the statement. Get them off the streets, put them in a motel. Make sure they're being looked after. Montreal's commissioner for people experiencing homelessness said the pandemic has made the homeless more visible. Before he said people experiencing homelessness would spend time in restaurants or, or day centers, but due to the COVID-19 restrictions, they have been pushed outside. In Montreal, restaurants, coffee shops, and libraries have been closed since October the 1st. Generally, you know, like everybody else, we're going into coffee shops and, and restaurants or and, and uh, libraries, you know. But they're always amongst us. And 
they're not, it's not like they're in hiding. They're visible all year round. We do have the impression that there is an increase in homelessness, or at least an increase in demand for emergency shelter services. However, there's no shortage of shelter space, he said. Well, if that's the case, then why are they setting up tent cities? Why is that? The city of Montreal has doubled the number of beds available in the city's shelter system, including a 380-bed shelter in a converted four-star hotel downtown that's now being open, operated by the Welcome Hall Mission. Last week, the city's been staying at the hotel for several days with his girlfriend before he spent nearly three months at the tent city. He said he decided to go to the hotel shelter when the weather turned colder. There's still a lot of people who are not doing that. This person is 51, said he, he works as a window washer on high-rise buildings, but there hasn't been much work since the pandemic began. His employer's largest client, a university in downtown Montreal, canceled his contract, and window washers can't go up when it's raining or snowing. He hopes the work will return in the spring. He said he's been living in an apartment and was about to move when his rent money was stolen. It's tough enough to find an affordable apartment in Montreal, he said, and it's bad, it's bad credit makes it even more difficult. He said that staying at, at the hotel is not too bad, he said. There's a shower in the room. While there's no TV, there's Wi-Fi, and he can stay with his girlfriend, something that, that's an impossible in a, in a traditional shelter. Because they can't, they can be in the shelter together. Some shelters have areas that just are for women when it's nighttime and the other side is for men. I volunteered at a homeless shelter here in the city of London for a while. It's a, it's a you know, the, the people that work there and, you know, the, the people who are um, homeless and that are, you know, they're great people. They really are. They're having a tough go, but, you know, don't point your fingers at them and say, that's your fault. That's your problem because it's not. You know, the goal isn't just to give people a warm, comfortable place to stay for the night. It's also that we can help them 
and meet with people who are going to help them get back into a permanent housing. That needs knowing about people's needs, he said. A woman with two children who has left in an abusive situation has a very different need than a 55-year-old man who has been living on the streets for two years. And that is very true. While the number of people experiencing homelessness in Montreal may not have risen significantly, welcome halls, other services are in higher demand. And what we are seeing is a lot more people who are housed, but who are struggling to make ends meet. Noting that about 1,500 new people have started using their free food services since the beginning of the pandemic. Other organizations providing similar services also report rising demand. Season right for season, we're seeing that all over the world. You know the 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 the, the open door a day center in Montreal's Plateau last week started opening 24 hours a day. The center's intervention coordinator, we have seen an increase in people and a lot of different people than we used to serve. People are out of work. They're only getting unemployment. So it's less money. And they're in need. He said the biggest impact of the pandemic on the population he works with has been their mental health. Many doctors are now only seeing patients on Zoom calls, which means homeless people do not have access to laptops or computers, have trouble getting treatment. Very true. Many of these people are getting support for their mental health issues are unable to get support now. There was a time when homeless shelters saw their services as the end that was a good enough to provide a meal, a bed, and a shower. The president and CEO of the Old Brewery Mission, a homeless shelter in Montreal, none of us do that anymore. We all know our job is housing. Ninety-three percent of the hundreds of people his organizer helps find housing every year stayed housed, which is really good. But there isn't enough housing available, particularly for people who are chronically homeless and need an adopted service because of mental health, drug addiction, alcohol, all three at the same time. The problem of homeless in Montreal has become the problem of subsidized supportive housing. And that is where we need to start. We've started this here in the city of London where I live. We have a couple buildings going up for subsidized housing, but we still need more. 
the current and past residents of the tent city in eastern Montreal known that only too well. Alexander said there is need to be more subsidized housing where people pay 25% of their income in rent in a commercial apartment. His welfare check will cover much more than that. Galalo said he started meeting with a social worker after arriving at the hotel in hopes to get into a program that will help him manage his money as well as possible to provide him with housing. If I get an apartment, for sure, I'm going to pay, he said. How you doing, mister? This is the Breakfast Podcast. Thanks for joining me. So, you know, this morning I was just talking, you know, uh, what's going on, you know, in, in homelessness. And, you know, in this trying times um, through the pandemic, um, where now shelters are um, restricted to so many people and uh, people who are homeless are setting up um, tent cities all over their city where they live. And even in the city where I live, here in London, Ontario, Canada. Finding shelter for the homeless, you know, is um, a difficult task at the best of times because there's not a lot of landlords out there willing to open their doors. Subsidized housing is muchly and greatly needed so that people can have an affordable place to live, a safe place to live, and they can still access the services available to them for whatever those services needs are whether it's for addiction, for drugs and alcohol, whether it's for mental health, they still need all these services. You know, our, our, our mayor here in the city was talking about it. And, you know, you don't have to go far to see somebody who is homeless. And the greater need of, of things that they need, you know, could be coming winter, you know, warm clothing, you know, Donations are so important. If, if, if you can donate something, uh, you know, even a warm hat, you know, uh, warm socks, um, gloves, you know, it, it's, it's greatly appreciated um, at these shelters and that these things can get out to these people. You know, um, 
across Canada, across the United States, other parts in the world. There's homelessness everywhere. We tend to um, have a blind eye as though it doesn't exist when it does exist. I volunteered at a homeless shelter a few years back, seeing firsthand how a homeless shelter operates. And the people that work there are just really great people. And the people that come there for help or they come there to stay, you know, they are good people too. They're having a tough go in life, but don't discredit these people. When you actually have an opportunity to sit down and actually talk to somebody who's homeless, you actually learn quite a bit. You know, they don't really tend to um, really talk about their problems. You know, they just like to talk about, you know, they like to um, get into their own place. You know, they have issues. They don't have to talk to you about their issues. They just want to have a place. So any thoughts out there, any ideas out there for people um, who are homeless, you know, it's always helpful. So, you know, maybe after this pandemic, you know, I can get back into volunteering again on weekends. And hopefully we get out of this mess soon. You know, whenever that, whenever that will be, I don't know. But, um, you know, don't, um, don't shame these people um, for being homeless. Like I said, there's other issues why they are homeless. You know, something that we probably can't understand. You know, they're good people. They really are. And they need some help. And this is a time of year where, you know, even some of these people are homeless. Maybe they don't have any family. Or maybe their families don't want them. Which is a crying shame. And that happens. Here in the city, if I walk, if I want to walk down the walk, uh, the, the, the walkways around the rivers, running throughout the city, you will see 
uh, makeshift shelters. You will see tents. You will see needles. And you know that they have been there and you know that they're coming back. So it's not like they're in hiding and they're not in hiding, you know, in the summertime neither. They're out in a boat like everybody else. They're visible all the time. You know, homelessness has been going on for decades. But when it gets really bad and more people become homeless, this is now is when the government decides to step in. When we should have stepped in decades ago, we should have probably got ahead of the problem. But we never did. Here in the city where I live, the government, the our, our, our municipality government, our mayor, you know, is now starting to put plans together. But these plans aren't going to happen overnight. They have uh, uh, just temporary um, shelters going up. You know, but I guess, you know, I guess they're starting somewhere, right? They're starting somewhere now and hopefully down the road, you know, um, more uh, affordable housing goes up. You know, just for, you know, people who are on waiting lists for a place to live, for affordable housing, is, is years down the road. People, you know, when it comes to women and children, you know, uh, because of an abusive relationship, they, they have to go to the shelter, they're going to get first priority when it comes to women and children. They'll be housed faster than anybody would be housed who's on a waiting list. And this pandemic really isn't any help. But the hotels or motels around the city where I live, uh, they're being helpful. The city is paying for those rooms for the homeless. But accessing the services right now is very difficult because of this pandemic, because the doctors aren't seeing patients. So this time of year, if you can, any donation to the shelters are helpful.
if you can. And food banks alike, if you can make a donation to the food banks, that would be appreciated as well. And hopefully, hopefully we can get out of this, out of this pandemic, so that everybody can back can get back to normalcy, and and these people who are out on the streets, for whatever their reasons are, can access the services that they so much need. Now, what do I have up on here? It's one thing I'd look for. It's always so far, so hard to find. So maybe start down here. I got so much stuff in my favorite list that then when I want to go find something, I got too much stuff in this favorite in this favorite list. <laughs> then you start cleaning it up, you know. But some of this is really interesting stuff because I can go back and you know, if there's something that I want to go back and talk about, I can go back and talk about. Oh, here we go. So, what would be a really good thought of the day? Well, I did this at the start of my show, this one here. And I think I'll end the show with it too. And this thought of the day is look back and be grateful. Look ahead and be hopeful. Look around and be helpful. I'll leave that thought of the day with everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for joining me this morning. And let's get those thank yous out there to all of our workers, our essential workers, and our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire department. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. Thank you to my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, we will rock out the rest of the Carpet Podcast. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye.